Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G from the South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island, standing six foot two, two hundred and ninety-nine pounds from the I said from the South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island. John Gabris, all you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, what are you doing here? Abortion is healthcare. Holy shit. Uh, topical message, not a topical actor. Thank you very much for coming in. Also joining my night nearly is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur in the living room. Arthur also nearly fully deaf, so he does not hear his name being shouted multiple times. And if anyone's listening for the first time, Arthur is a dog, not my actual co-host or sibling. So don't you worry. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first time guest, long time friend, we got Joey Clifta. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, every time you do this intro, I'm always so worried you're just going to scream your throat out. <laughs> I can't like- believe I have not I'm going to knock on wood when I say this. But the amount of times I've lost my voice in life is like one, considering I am not professionally trained and I'm always talking and yelling and smoking. I got to say, say, this is uh, we're recording this over Zoom, so you can't see this, but a little bit of blood is dripping down Gabriel's lip right now. He for sure is ruptured. Yeah, no, something is definitely wrong. Two of my teeth (laughs) fell out when I was screaming at that point. But I don't think that's about volume. (laughs) That's about malnutrition. (laughs) Joey, what's up, man? Long time no see. Uh, we we haven't uh, gotten on the pod since the Gino Lombardo days when you uh, we 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 did some characters over there on the Gino Lombardo show back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, that was that was good times. I feel like that was like deep pandemic when it was just like we kind of forgot how to do comedy like with other people. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how like how normal Zoom is now for me, considering. I'm like, we're going to do this whole show over Zoom? Holy shit. Now they're like TV shows somehow being shot over Zoom. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> My podcast was not as difficult as I thought. Like at the time, I was like, how do we even do this? And now it's like 
why even bother getting in person sometimes? Oh yeah, like, I'm wearing yeah. Zubas right now. I'm very comfortable. It's like I feel like it's it's a mix. It's like nice to do it in person because you can kind of like bounce off each other's energy a little bit better. But it's also just like, yo, I took a nap five minutes ago. Like I woke up from a nap five minutes ago. I'm very much like relaxed. Well, de- uh, just from home is chill. Like also like if you don't can't like if you're not making enough money to afford a studio, it's like. I don't need to have people in my house. They don't want to necessarily be in my house. Like for the longest time I recorded in here and it's like Phil Rosenthal had to sit in my like tiny little fucking office and like on my couch that I play video games on and be like, thanks for coming by. What's your favorite lunch? You know, it's like this, this feels a little better. People are uh, frequently more comfortable in, uh, in their homes too. And if someone's running late or someone cancels, like it, this is where it really flourishes in the flakiness of LA where you're like, if I texted you at two 30 and said, shit, sorry, man, something came up that would not undo your day. Like if you were already in your car, oh, yeah. headed if you to lived in or Santa Monica or <laughs> right, something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when someone cancels on, when someone's like, I can't make it anymore. I'm like, great. Okay. I'm in the place. Yeah, I'd I'll be have in. a second lunch. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. I'm yeah. on that Hobbit diet. Yeah. I think it's so funny. This just reminded me of like, I feel like early days of podcasting where, yeah, you'd have to like sit in some comedy guy's like trashed living room where he's got like a Zoom recorder sitting on like a cup, like just like a glass of Miller Light that has clearly not been touched or cleaned <laughs> out in two weeks. Yeah, as a, a guy who'd coached improv and taught uh, like coached improv groups for a long time, got to see a lot of like apartment living rooms, you know, like where it's like, hey, I'm I have the biggest apartment out of the six of us or I have the least roommates or I have the most centrally located place. So you'd like it's weirdly something that never really happened in my New York times because we always be like everyone, no one had the space. So we'd always just get space. And then moving here, you spend a lot of time inside other people's apartments. And that's always especially if you are in uh, a 20 something or a 30 something struggling right. comic. You're not like. Ah, yes, my improv room. No, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or it's the thing where, like, you get into somebody's apartment and they do have roommates and the person's just like, the group game's got to be real quiet. My roommate works in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I those, know. Instead of doing zip, zap, do, zops, can we just do zip, zap? Just, like, yeah. skip the third one? <laughs> the zop is super loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my roommate's boss hates the zop. we got to do I, something I, about it. That's what I really miss is like doing improv and you're doing just like, you know, silly make ups and then somebody's roommate who you didn't know live there like walks in like just in their pajamas and they walk through the room to like go to the kitchen and you're just like, you just saw me pretending to be a cop who farted too much. Well, that's what's really like coaching improv is is one of those uh, worlds I love where it's like uh, I it's as low stakes as uh, and as low status as it gets. But by design of the framework, the coach has slight status. Yeah, especially like kind of, for, you're the teacher. Yeah, you're the teacher. You're a veteran. You, you know, maybe they've seen the team has seen you perform a bunch. You're kind of, you know, uh, vouched for by the like by the community. It's like, oh, Gabrus, he's a real improviser. He's coaching our team. Oh, cool, that's really good news. And then it's like <laughs> I'm sort of in the high status, and then like a 22 year old with like their clothes in a plastic bag come in the front door to their own place and in any other interaction i might have high status on them in this moment it is 
I am so sorry I'm here with these friends. Like, you are immediately <laughs> like, oh, what am I? I'm in your house, I'm realizing, and I'm getting paid my $20 an hour to be here. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, for sure. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, I'm sorry. I told you Sunday mornings is when we do it. Uh, oh, Christ. Like, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I can, I can come back. You, We can just. Bill, bill me for an hour. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, we should all just quit improv now. Let's just go home and start writing. Yeah, we, all... could become, <laughs> we could all be doctors. That's like what I say all the time whenever I was like coaching sketch groups is just like, yo, we could just be doctors. Like, we don't have to do this. Well, the amount of time when you like do like the 10,000 hours thing where you're like, man, seven years of medical school to be a doctor. That seems insane. Now I'm like doing have done improv now for like 19 straight years and i am not making anywhere yeah. near what a doctor yeah is. and you probably <laughs> spent more money than you would going to medical school on like improv coaches like renting spaces right, like right. buying like beer for indie shows to give to the audience yeah none of that is uh, i can't get a loan for that which i guess is good because i imagine yeah, being underwater for, money. for like i blew all my money at io west like my <laughs> Yeah, you're explaining that to your loan officer. That's why they're taking your car away. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to take a character workshop multiple times. I'm fucking toast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's why. So uh, when you were uh, talking about coming on the pod, you were throwing out some ideas of stuff to talk about, which is kind of like the normal build up to doing the show. But you had also tweeted something like, I just RDL'd more than, you know, or I just like, P PR'd my RDL, some variation of I just did an RDL heavier or a stiff legged devil, like, whatever you want to call it, uh, than I have ever done before. And I'm like, oh shit, Clift is in the gym. And then when you sent the email of like, I could talk fitness, talk that, and I was like, bing, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about lifting weights. Cause you, as if I'm profiling you as someone who knows you and knows what you look like and has met you in person, I wouldn't go, there's a guy I know who lifts weights off, off the rip. You know what I mean? So that's why it's fun to hear, especially like, you know, you're not a college kid. So hearing when someone gets into it, that appeals to me so much. So I'm so because it's something in my life being from Long Island and growing up watching Arnold and Sly and Van Damme, that the gym was a huge the gym was like a big part of my community. Like people joined a gym in high school, even though your high school has a gym, you wow. still joined golds or powerhouse because right. it was cool. And the older kids did as well. And uh, so it's funny, like, it's not funny, but it's, I'm always curious that I want to hear people's perspective that come at it later. So talk to me a little bit about your history with lifting weights, what, what inspired you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I do have a weightlifting catchphrase, and that catchphrase is Joey Clift's got a Joey lift. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putting, the, uh, putting the lift in Clift over here. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that quietly to myself in my gym, and I hope nobody hears me, but it makes me feel real cool. <laughs> I write it down on a sheet of paper, burn it, and then go into the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I would say that my, yeah, so the, the, the tweet was, um, uh, I uh, last week did an RDL lift over my body weight for the first time, like heavier than what my body weight is. And right when I was about to lift up these weights, um, I work out in this uh, this really small gym that's owned by this like professional bodybuilder guy. The bodybuilder just kind of said to another bodybuilder, like, whoa, look at what that little guy's doing. And they just like smiled as they watched me do the RDL lift. <laughs> And it's like, then they weren't saying it loud enough for me to hear, but just hearing that was just like, oh, this is the coolest I've ever felt in my life. 
Well, that's something that uh, a whole other topic to get on is that there is like this for novices. There's this like intimidation factor of like, well, I don't want to go in there and look like I don't know what I'm doing or anything like that. Or, but if you if you've been coached enough to not hurt yourself, uh, there are not many more supportive people than other people in the gym. Like gym bros, I oh, know yeah. are on paper sound like. Uh, I mean, anything that is uh, modified with the word bro sounds shitty. Movie bros, comic book bros, like they all sound like nightmares, frat bros. But gym bros, it's the the exception is the prick. Most people want yeah, like they those exist. But like, yeah. yeah, you're right. For for the most part, like I feel like whenever I'm at the gym, people are always so like supportive and nice and um. You know, if ever anybody gives me some advice on something, it's never coming from like a malicious or like show offy place. Yeah. Like um, I remember I um, so my kind of my history with like weightlifting and stuff is that um, I'm a, a very a string bean of a man. I like to think that my body's basically made out of like dried spaghetti. And, you are um, you are a tall, thin gentleman. Your voice, oh, yeah. your voice does not. <laughs> convey what you actually what your friend you That's you have I'm, the... I'm trying to catch up i want my body to be that of i want when i get off the phone for people to go, you must be joey cliff <laughs> i want people to be like oh brock lesnar joey cliff got it same same body it's, type it's joseph now <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is going to be a certain point when like when it's tough for me to like when it's tough for me to touch my back and like, cause my muscles are so big, that's when I'm going to be like, call me Joe. <laughs> yeah. That's when you become Joe that you, you like Bruce Banner and Hulk. Yours are Joey Clift and Joe Clift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely just like a skinny guy and, uh, I, I've always, I'm always somebody that's like wanted to get in shape, but not necessarily has like known how to do it. So I remember like, you know, going to the gym when I was like 18, 19, just like a gold's gym in my really small hometown in Washington state and having no idea how to work out and like getting into a leg press machine and literally just like kicking the weight as high as I can get it to go and then catching it with my feet and then like letting it down and having a bodybuilder walk up to me and be like, yo, if you do that one more time, your knees are going to explode. And me being like, oh, got it. So you do it like not an idiot, you know? Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah Less yeah. dangerous. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, you know, like, cause you sit in the machine and you're like, what's this? You know? Uh, so I, um, I basically at that point, I would just work out until I felt like I was going to black out. And then I'd be like, well, I guess that means I'm done for the day. <laughs> and I would get in my car and drive off. And I would I would basically go through kind of periods where every four or five years I would, you know, get into the gym or try to do some version of fitness. So I did that for a couple months. And then um, when I was well, as uh, you get as you get older, you sort of realize like, OK, this is less even this is not even about aesthetics now. Like, yeah, I think when you meet other 30 somethings and late 20 somethings that are like, yeah, if I don't jog, you know, my back ceases. And all of a sudden you're oh, like, yeah, legit. Like, yeah. Oh, right. This is like rehab. And then not even touching on the mental health shit, which I haven't didn't really understand until my late, only a couple of years ago. But what, as you get older, you're like, fuck, I really need to find something that works for me. Fitness wise. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think it was like, it was little stuff where like, I remember I like when I was probably like 28, 29, Cause I'm like, I'm a writer. Like I'm like a, you know, comedian, but I'm primarily a writer. So I just like, you know, sit on my couch and write all day. <laughs> and I remember there was like one time when I like woke up and like was in bed and I was just like stretching as you do in bed and like something in my knee popped. <laughs> and then I like walked with a limp for like probably a week after that. And I was like, I like hurt myself 
literally stretching in bed. I should like <laughs> do something. So then I like got really hard into yoga for like probably about a year, did it like, you know, six times a week or whatever. And then, you know, you just get busy, you start a job or you like start working on a new show or you just get into something else, then you stop. So I kind of go through this like period of, you know, getting really into fitness because of like injuring myself for like some really dumb reason, like while sitting in a chair or something. And then I'm like, oh, I got to like turn this around so I don't like, you know, break my leg while I'm literally in the shower. This is um, probably a really common path, common narrative yeah. for a lot of people in the world of like, uh, yeah, you know, I used to be in pretty good shape. Then I got to be in my late 20s where you can't just live off of, yeah. uh, you know, and so you're like. I got into jogging and then I would jog a few days a week for a couple of years and that was working. Then I fell out of that, but then I got my knee started and like, so I was like, Oh, I should get back to jogging. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you have, and you have another uh, thing that I think is common for a lot of people too, is that you don't have weight issues. So like if you, if you're not considering a person, some people who are, you know, overweight their whole lives have always, it's always been a struggle, but for a long time, there was no like, well, what, like my mom would say to you, well, what do you have to exercise? And my mom's a nurse. What do you have to exercise for, Joey? You're, you're, you're lean. You know, and it's like you learn eventually. Like that that can fly you for a while. Whereas like oh, yeah, I knew sure. I had to get on the treadmill because people would comment about my weight. But if you're not physically overweight, you're like, oh, what, why, why exercise then? Then you start to stumble into these things of like your knee popping in bed or your back hurting or you going like – you know, I sleep better when I exercise or whatever it might yeah. be. You find these like things because most people's motivation is like, I don't want to look fat or I want to look a certain way. But if you already look good, that might not, that's not going to be the thing that gets you off the couch. But yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like for me, a lot of, a lot of what, like this kind of recent, like getting really into fitness thing is, is over the past couple of years, I've started to just like, you know, get flown out for like shows and panels and talks. And I'm kind of like traveling for comedy a little bit more. And whenever I travel, I'm always just like, you know, all bets are off as far as where I'm going to eat. I'm going to like, you know, go to like the nicest restaurant in the city. I'm going to like go nuts. <laughs> like I remember I was uh, like, uh, like I'm Native American. My tribe has a really nice casino that's about like 20 minutes north of Portland. And we have this like steakhouse owned by michael jordan called michael jordan's steakhouse <laughs> and i remember like i i got i was there and i got like a filet mignon and like they they had some like fondue cheese dip that they had with like the bread and i told him like yo leave the fondue dip and i like dipped filet mignon in this oh, fondue yeah. dip which was like great but it also kind of doing that like so many times you know when you're like working a job where they're giving you like a per diem or whatever for food so you can kind of spend it on whatever like like I'm somebody that wears like really like um tailored button up shirts. So it's like because I'm like a thin guy, I like to kind of like wear stuff that's a little bit like more form fitting. And it just hit the point where it's like the belly on the shirts was just like really, really those those bottom kind of those bottom few buttons were really just like stretching and stressing themselves out. So I was like, I need to like start working out just so I can like fit into my button up shirts again, you know. <laughs> and and, and that, also not turn down fondue dipped flaming yeah which is fantastic <laughs> yeah you're but, preaching to the choir here yeah it was great but it's also like oh uh, i can't do that like for two meals a day when i'm traveling <laughs> right 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 um and so uh and so that, that was kind of the idea for like probably the past year or two of like oh i should really like you know it's not like losing weight's not necessarily a thing but just like you know lose a little bit of fat off my belly and then um the really big push for me is that a friend of mine reached out in january of this year 
basically asking if I wanted to wrestle my first ever pro wrestling match on one of the big indie shows that was happening around WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Oh, and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like a lifelong pro wrestling fan. And like, you know, it was um, me, uh, like our mutual friend, Matt Mazzani and another friend, uh, Nick Ligger, wrestling a bunch of like real wrestlers who like wrestle on TV. They wrestle for AEW um, in this match. And, and like, you know, it was a dream come true opportunity. But I was also like, oh, I don't want what's funny about this to be like, oh, that guy looks really breakable. Like, it's like, right. oh. Like, I didn't want to walk into the ring shirtless and have people be like, oh, no, you know? Yeah, like, please don't hurt him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just like, oh, he's so, such a little guy. So I, um, you know, so I found a personal trainer and started working out with a personal trainer like three times a week starting in Hell January. yeah, that's the smart way to do and, it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's really good. His name is Brian. He's a really dope personal trainer. And um, basically, he takes me through like strength conditioning and he set me up with like macros and like different kind of things that I'm supposed to follow as far as like the amount of cardio I'm supposed to do a week, the amount of steps I'm supposed to get. And I feel like since then, I've basically been on this uh, like struggle to try to make fitness not my entire personality. And I am losing that struggle so badly. <laughs> well, that is, I mean, that's part of like the kind of personality types of like, cause I'm like that too. When I'm in the zone, that's like what I want to like. I'm like my cat, my eye cal has like lift sauna run swim like, yeah, yeah, yeah like and all of a sudden i'm like yeah now i'm cooking with cooking with gas and i'm in, i'm into it it that is that is a drawback and but that that goes again back to the earlier conversation of how like gym bros can be really supportive it is because everyone kind of gets obsessed and to live vicariously through other people especially novices because you get the novice bump of like things come fast you know like if you are if you're completely new to weightlifting and you take the bar and start benching you start benching 45 just the bar on Monday and then the next Monday you come back and do 50 and next Monday you come back and do 55 you will in one year be up to 200 pounds you know yeah and it's no. like that is just something that can happen and if you're already at 200 pounds and you've been lifting for a while there's a lot more that goes into so there's a little bit of that excitement. And then also because it's full of your, there's only so much you could do. So if someone's like, Hey man, I mean, for the longest time I was coming up with friends programs for them and I have no official right. experience except wow, for that's awesome. years of listing, re reading. Muscle oh, I didn't know fitness. you were like that hardcore into fitness. That's dope. I want, I mean, I guess I, that's the thing. I'm like, the, I'm like a mechanic whose car is a piece of shit or like a landscaper who has weeds all over their lawn. I'm a fat bastard, but I'm a huge fan of like lifting weights and fit. I've been like quote unquote studying it since I was like 14 since I got my first muscle and fitness magazine <laughs> hell yeah NordVPN NordVPN offers many tools to improve your online experience it's easy to use connect with one click or enable auto connect for zero click protection NordVPN has 5900 plus servers in 60 countries Find a server near you for a better speed or connect to a faraway location to freely explore the internet. Plus, they have amazing speed. It's confirmed by multiple tests. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. Now, don't miss your favorite content from home when traveling aboard, abroad, and aboard. With NordVPN, you can access your favorite shows anywhere in the world. It takes just a click. Open the map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It's that easy. Plus, no more bandwidth throttling based on traffic type. Since it encrypts all traffic, your ISP can't slow down your streaming speed. Use VPN to find services at a lower price. 
Want to use a platform that isn't available in your country? Boom. Simply change your virtual location. Get connected today at nordvpn.com slash mighty. That's nordvpn.com slash mighty. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal here at nordvpn.com slash mighty. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN. Um, so it's cool. And so you've tried, you said you tried yoga. Uh, what, what drew you to lifting weights this time? I guess if, if you want to get into professional wrestling, uh, the, the, uh, the, the performance sport art that is wrestling lifting weight, like that's where I came, you know, like growing up watching that, like I wanted to be Hulk and Macho Man and Goldberg and all these people and the rocks you see. And so like, is that what drove you towards uh, lifting weights for your um, fitness goal or like because of your frame and you were like, it would be nice to have muscle because you could probably just go for a couple of jogs and stretch too. And that would be good for you. But what made you choose lifting weights, which I, which I'm fully in support of. And I think everyone should do resistance training of some sort, but yeah, what, well, no, what, what drove you there? What it's dope to like what we were talking about a second ago about like just supportive, like fitness environments there is something that's just like, I remember um, when I was starting, we do like, we do a split. So we do like leg day and then a push day and a pull day. So it's like one day is just lower body. Then one day is like just chest and another day is just back basically. And I remember like pretty early on, I found out that like my lower body is really strong. So I like maxed out the leg press to the point where it's like they couldn't put more weights on it. And it's just like so awesome seeing like an entire gym being like, whoa look at that guy's leg press you know yeah yeah. especially as somebody who's just not like used to getting kind of that kind of feedback um well you get into like for i i don't know what your history with athletics is did you play any like organized team sports in school and stuff like that no man i played video games and watched pro wrestling yeah yeah i mean i i was could have guessed that i just as a as a proper host no, it's I just good to know ask. there's like there's a world where like there's a world where i'm like a crazy track athlete or something yeah exactly yeah. you're like yeah it was a uh, washington state high jump champion yeah, but yeah. uh but uh i think for a lot of people and i think that's why crossfit popped off in in the in the cities because a lot of those people who missed that kind of team that kind of like push yourself energy that comes from practice not just the gym I th- and I think for some people who who didn't have that, the gym can provide that. Training can provide that of like someone going like, "Hey, you're actually getting better at military press." You've you can feel that. Uh, um, six months ago you were doing twenties on incline bench press. Now you're doing thirty fives. You are mathematically, biologically stronger than you were, and like. I think also I'm going to throw out a bunch of uh, psychological shit at, at once here. I think also in our industry, there is sort of no like feedback, like true feedback loop. Cause you could be like, everyone says I'm funny, but that doesn't translate to actual career success. You could be super successful financially. And a lot of people might not think you are funny or like, there's no true, but with like the iron, as the kids say, if you were benching 100 pounds last year and now you're benching 140, you are objectively stronger. Well, and I think that there is also something to like, you know, we've talked about like comedy a little bit, um, how 
you know, we're comedians. We get we 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 pay our bills through comedy. So if somebody walks up to you at a party and says like, "Whoa, John Gabris, you're really funny." You're, you know, you thank them and you appreciate the compliment, but you're also just like, yeah, I mean, this is what my job is. So it's like not a huge surprise to me that I'm funny. But like if I go to a party and somebody says like, oh, Joey, have you been working out? I'm like, oh, holy shit. The, the people are noticing. Like, <laughs> yes, it's just like, yes. It's like, yeah. And it's like, I'm not like jacked, but it's like it is just a, it's like a feedback. It's like a type of feedback that I feel like just a lot of, you know, just like a better term, just like a lot of dudes, we don't get like compliments, you know? Right. Well, also, and uh, uh, move the exterior feedback, the interior feedback of like, when you like look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, is that, do I have like a trap? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like Kamel Nanjiani jacked or whatever, but it's like, there are sometimes where I'm like shaving and I'll like look in the mirror and I'll be like, oh, is that like a back muscle? Whoa. You know, like, where it's just like, oh, it feels like. It feels like and my, that's my, fucking great, right? Like, yeah, that's, or it's just like, oh, my shirts are like a little bit tighter on the chest. Do I have like pecs now? You know, and then it starts to explain to you why, you know, like jacked people work, walk a certain way, because all of a sudden you find yourself being like, oh, yeah, my upper back is like a little sore from working out. And when I go, <laughs> my shoulders look good. And then you find yourself kind of like walking like that. And you're like, oh, and then you understand why, like, you'll see dudes who have like uh oh i definitely walk out with my arms just completely at my sides at all times yes (laughs) (laughs) it feels and it feels really good to be a little sore and then there's also like deep down inside there's something that feels a little good about being like uh famous strength coach mark ripito he always said stronger people strong people are harder to kill and more useful in general (laughs) <laughs> and it's hard and it's hard to argue. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, look, people are trying to kill me all the time and it's getting a little tougher for them this year. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like it's just like little dumb stuff where it's just like if my girlfriend wants me to like open like a jar or something, it's like it used to be something where I would like have to get like a towel and like really try my best on it and like get a knife and try to pry it free. And now I can just do it with brute strength, baby. <laughs> See, that's yeah. And like shit like that, too, where you're like. Oh, now I'm carrying something up a flight of stairs and it's yeah. not absolutely killing me. And oh, more importantly, I'm not getting injured throwing something in the overhead compartment on my uh, trip up to Washington. You know, like those moments that you realize you're like, like my, my dad was a crazy fitness nut, like into lifting weights and martial arts. And he, when he was dealing with brain cancer before he passed away, doctors were like, this would be so much worse on someone who wasn't in shape. Yeah. And and you hear that enough from people that you're like, here's an example of something I read recently in Dr. Pita Atia's book called Outlast or Outlive or something like that. It's kind of like the science and behind fitness and longevity. And just something he said was like, if at if you can imagine at 70 years old, you have or I, I'm going to make up all the numbers here because I can't remember the numbers, but the the spirit of the conversation will be the same. If you if at 70 you have half the capacity you had at 40. Like, say you could walk two miles easily at 40. You could probably only walk one mile at 70. But if you could walk 10 miles at 40, you can walk five miles at 70. Yeah, and like I mean, that, that like he's like, you're going to fall off no matter what. But wouldn't you like to fall off from higher up? And I'm yeah. like, oh, that like that hit me in a way. I've never, ever looked at fitness like that. I've always looked at it from like, Physic, what I'm physically capable of, like 
I'd love to get stronger so I'm better on the rugby pitch. And then also elements of like, I want to look better. But now in my early 40s, it's about I want to be around here later and and more importantly, able to do shit. I yeah, I want to be 68 and be able to walk upstairs. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's honestly that's a that was a huge motivator for me. It's like, you know, part of it was just like fitting into my shirts. Part of it was like wanting to like look at least like a human being in this wrestling match, which was nuts. I put on like 20 pounds in like two months. Um, Hell yeah. 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 How'd so it go? Like, uh, we lost, <laughs> but, but <laughs> we had a lot of fun. It was great. The audience cheered our names real loud. It was great. Um, <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. 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 Uh, a wrestler walked up to us afterwards and said like, oh, I think you guys are the match of the night. And I'm just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Congrats, man. That's pretty but, awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, part of it was getting ready for this match. Part of it was like wanting to fit into my clothes a little bit better. But like part of it was also kind of this feeling of like, you know, I'm in my I'm in my late 30s and this feeling of like you kind of like a number is often thrown around. I'm not sure of the science of it, but it's like it's a lot harder to get in shape once you're like older than 40. Like it gets it gets harder once you get into your 40s. Yeah. So I kind of felt like, OK, this feels like sort of my last shot to get in. Not like crazy shape. I'm not trying to be like Scott Steiner or whatever, but like pop a pump. <laughs> I mean, look, do I want to be like big pop a pump? Yes. <laughs> I, I was mean, obsessed do, with Big yeah. Papa Pump. Do I have Do I have freaks and peaks? Yes, I do. But <laughs> that aside, I, yeah. <laughs> and again, as previously mentioned, we uh, this is just an audio podcast. But Joey does have a bleached blonde goatee. Right now, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a chainmail coif right now. <laughs> but um, you know, but part of it was like this feeling of like, okay, if I want to get in, if I want to just be in like athletic shape, this is probably like my last shot to like you know really do that easily. I, I remember when I was like 16. I would do like I would do sit ups for two weeks and I would have a six pack because, you know, you're 16. And especially when you like when you're skinny like I am, it's just yeah, easy to you're do. You're not carrying a lot of body fat. You're, yeah, you're, totally, totally. Yeah. And like and I think that that's something that I've also really appreciated about like this process of working out is like how hard it is to get in shape, like how much like work and dedication it takes. And it's like like I like I work out with my personal trainer three times a week um, doing, you know, kind of strength training exercises. And then um, I also do cardio four times a week, which is about 40 minutes on like an elliptical. And then I also get 10,000 steps every day. So there are some days where like I might be, you know, in the gym from like door to door for like, you know, two and a half, three hours, just getting, you know, all the hour long workout checking all these and cardio and want. steps yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And like, you know, I feel fortunate, you know, one of the nice things about being in a strike years that we all just have like a little bit more free time, but it's like, I just can't imagine like, Oh, if I worked like a nine to five job or had kids and, and or, or like had yeah. kids, it's like, it's just like miraculous that anybody even like tries to get in shape. It's like so hard to do. And it's yeah. like, if you're yeah, not my not brother like, is a vice principal and has two kids. He, uh, the only time he could train is before work. And yeah, so before it's like, I guess work is, up at five in the morning, you know, before work is brutal. If you work in entertainment, when you don't maybe have to be in the room till nine or 10, yeah, but yeah, if you're yeah. a mid middle school principal, you got to be at work at like seven 30. And yeah. that's like to work out before he says he's waiting at the gym with a handful of people for the employee to get there, to open it. Like if the employee is running a little late, there's like seven, like, Long Island, like people with early jobs tapping their feet, holding their gym bags. Like we better, we got to get in there before work starts. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, and like, I, I, I couldn't imagine wrapping my head around that. But then I also now have gone through phases where I was frequently exercising and where I haven't been frequently exercising. And I've been in like a downturn for a month due to some personal shit going on in my life and, and some travel. And I'm like, 
I feel worse. I physically feel worse and I mentally feel worse. So at minimum, even if there's no real results visible or whatever, if you just feel better doing something, then that's it's worth the time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. worth, like just the steps, just the elliptical, just the weights, any pairing of that, like whatever for listeners, what like you don't have to take on that big of a journey. But if you're not doing anything, anything is better than nothing. And so yeah, like, even getting step even getting steps in is like good for you. Um Yes. That is yeah. like the easiest one to get into. And then like once you do X amount of steps a day for X amount of days, and then you take then on you go four days without taking all those steps, you're like, oh, my brain and body feel different. Yeah. Like I needed this. Yeah. When that that's something that I I end up having to do a lot is like if I'm traveling, one of the first things I'm doing when I'm figuring out like what hotel I'm staying at is like, what do they got in their gym? You know, um, if it's if I'm gonna be out for a week, I'm like texting my trainer and just trying to figure out like, okay, can you send me a workout based on like what little you know they've got yeah. like a couple they'll dumbbells, probably have dumbbells like, and they'll probably yeah, have dumbbells yeah, yeah. maybe you know like probably dumbbells and like maybe like a stair climber or something like that um yeah you know there's also just like as far as hitting macros goes it's like i feel like i'm so opinionated about protein shakes now <laughs> it's like i have a favorite <laughs> brand i know like what the i know what the oh spread hell is. yeah and like i, and I mean I, I i make my own at home like i i have like a scoop of Isopure, a scoop of collagen and a scoop of fiber that I all like. Like I'm, I'm the same way as you are. I'm like, I've, yeah. I've like designed my system after years. Yeah. Yeah. When it's, it's so funny to me. Like now that I'm like really into you know macros and working out and stuff like that. Like there are times where I'll like go to a party and then I'll just like you know say something like you know somebody will be like oh you should have a brownie they're really good and I'll be like ah oh, my cheat meal was yesterday so I'm trying to like follow my macros <laughs> and then somebody that I don't know will just like come out of nowhere and be like you talking macros and then like we'll talk at length they'll like sh- they'll pull out like you know if it's their house they'll pull out like their protein powder from their club cover and they'll be like no this brand has got like a good ratio of like protein to carbs and it's like it's just yeah, like, for any like, for any listeners who aren't sure what we're uh, we're saying when we throw around the word macros, this has always been a foundational part of uh, bodybuilders diets and fitness diets for the longest time. But now there's more more than ever before is there conversations about it. And the macros are fat, protein, carbs, and yeah, fat, how you, protein, carbs, and then calories too. Calorie, yeah, yeah, and how what percentage of your calories come from those three categories? Some people, yeah. you know, everyone everyone has different splits different macros depending on what their goals are what their vibes are what their you know coaches say or whatever you know some people be like i do 40 percent fats 20 percent you know like that that's what you're saying when like that's the macronutrients we're referring to is like what yeah. is the makeup of your caloric caloric intake each day when, when a lot of that is based around like how much your um kind of what your like your stasis calorie intake is and then, yeah. you know, if you have more than that, you're bulking, so you're gaining weight. Because when you gain weight, you also gain muscle. And then if you're cutting, you do, like, less macros, you change your macros because you're ingesting less nutrients that you're eating as a means to, you know, like, lose a couple pounds. And, like, right now I'm in, like, a cutting process, so I'm eating, like, way more protein and, like, way less carbs and fat. And it's, yeah. like, it's such a process to, like, I feel like I probably have, like, 12 Slim Jims every day, which is normally <laughs> not very healthy, but it's, like, but it's But if you're trying like, to get protein yeah. without carbs, yeah. Yeah, That's totally, where you totally. get that handfuls of chicken breast and shit that is, like, kind of bodybuilders and, and oh, fitness yeah. freaks made, made popular for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've, like, sat in my living room and it's, like, 11 o'clock and I'm, like, getting ready for bed and then I check my, like, my fitness app to see my macros and I'm, like... 
oh, I'm down 10 grams of protein. Better eat a Greek yogurt before I can sleep. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like slurp I, this down before yeah, I go like, to bed. Yeah. I'm a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> right, do not right. do not try to become do not do this. <laughs> I, I you were talking about in a cut cycle, you got to keep your protein high just for listeners to help explain that. That's cuz when you're in a caloric deficit, you do run the risk of losing muscle mass yeah. as you lose body weight, but the increased percentage of protein will do its best to like, yeah, like offsets uh, that, yeah. to offset that, to buff that, to uh, buttress that, however you want to refer to it. Um, Wait, well, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, what's your okay? What's your favorite lift? We're really, get, we're really getting into this. Oh, okay, uh, my favorite lift is probably uh, barbell press overhead although oh. although i'm a huge fan of the squat as well i i did crossfit i i grew up bodybuilding going classic bro splits chest and tries back and buys shoulders legs i grew up doing that at gold's gym at my college gym in college i played sports so i had a little bit more of like i should run hills for rugby i should jog more I, so i was doing more stuff like that post college kind of classic just early 20s new york alcohol alcoholic lifestyle <laughs> right, not right. a lot not a lot of fitness then i got into crossfit which got me and i've always been a fitness nut so like and and, and very knowledgeable and that was like a wide variety of modalities so that was very enjoyable for a long time and then through my crossfit gym i got into like the big lifts and then i got into powerlifting and i competed in a few events on the east what? coast doing like yeah i have uh, like an uh, I think my total was 1,134 pounds at the York what? Barbell Invitational. Yeah. I squatted 430. I've squatted 430 something. I deadlifted 420 something and I benched 307. Uh, uh, competition bench, I will say, is very difficult because you have to pause on your chest, unlike any, you know, oh, you yeah, do yeah. that in training. Yeah, but we're doing I, that on we're doing that on uh like bar uh dumbbell squat or dumbbell press right now. It's like it's like I'm pausing at the bottom just to like yeah. make it more, you know, so I'm and not using you, the momentum. You lose the rebound effect that you yeah, get yeah. from like your muscles like cause you can drop pretty hard into a squat and kind of rebound out of the bottom if your body's built to handle that. But if you pause at the bottom of a squat and you don't you lose all that like rebound energy, that's very you know, that's like jumping from a seated position rather than jumping after landing right. or something like that. But so my favorite lifts all focus around like the big famous barbell ones. I, I, the beach, although I guess my, my secret answer is if I have to choose something that isn't like one of the four foundational lifts, which, and when I say that, I mean, uh, squat, deadlift, bench and press. Yeah. Uh, the four lifts that Jesus did when he was on the cross. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, there's 12 stations of the cross. One of them is bench. One of them's deadlift. <laughs> yeah. One of them squat. <laughs> Look, but, some uh, of those paintings of Jesus, he looks real jacked. So like, you yeah, know, that dude, guy lifts. <laughs> but I think he could have done more legs. He might've been able to <laughs> fair, fair, fair. get the nail out. Um, if he had, uh, but I, I really like shrugs or I guess I should say my favorite muscle group is traps. Like, I think traps are like the meatheads like idea. That's like the yeah. neck, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, no, you, yeah. well, yeah, no, you, because you feel it when like that muscle, because it like that muscle is, I think, the easiest to have people notice because it like it just makes your shirt like sit a little higher, you know? Yeah, and also most body types, no matter how out of shape you are, this is a low fat area of your yeah. body. So putting any muscle uh, uh, mass in there is noticeable. Like if I put muscle on my chest, you might not notice it because I have 
some boobage on top of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. And if you put it, if you uh, build up your quads, you might not feel it because you have some uh, fat around there. But like that, like this is like your shoulder and your traps are sort of like there's it's it's lean by from just the beginning. So throwing on some weight, and I always consider traps the meathead's beach muscle. Like everyone, when you think beach muscles, you think like abs and buys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is makes total sense. Bicep is the classic: show me your muscle, you show your bicep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you have big traps. That's what makes you look big. You know what I mean? Like, well, no, I think I, chicks, I don't know, like, and, and not to make this heteronormative, but that's only been my, my, a majority of my experiences in, uh, in, in romances. <laughs> I said a majority. Ah, yeah. I, I fucked a few guys in my day, but, uh, <laughs> uh, like, and the, all of them did uh, it because you had big traps. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, traps are not necessarily something that I think draws women in, but it is something that, when you see it on another guy, you're like, damn, look at this fucking guy's traps. Well, no, like that's that was, I would say, the first kind of like muscle that I've because I'm still like a pretty thin guy. I don't like look super jacked, but like my traps getting a little bit developed was the first thing that I noticed of like, oh, I'm like, I'm in the gym. I'm working out. I'm like starting to see some progress. <laughs> yeah. And it feels real. It feels really fucking good. Like, you know, yeah. you just do like one set of shrugs and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I'm getting a, like, I, I'm feeling that up there. Yeah. And that that. Uh, I, what, what's your, what's your favorite lift? Uh, so this isn't a lift, but I think that my favorite exercise is like the, just like a, a good pull up. Like I'm okay. somebody where when I was, um, like when I was in, uh, like high school for most of my life, I was like probably around 120 pounds. Like I was like a very thin guy and like five ten, So that's a very, very like underweight body weight. And then now like, you know, my, my peak weight when I was like doing my pro wrestling match was around like 170. Um, so oh, yeah. Like I could do pull-ups pretty easily at 120 and now they're kind of a struggle. So I have to use like resistance bands to kind of help give me a little bit of a lift, but it's like, it's such a nice process that like every time that we do it, like I'll lose a band or like the, with the band that I'll use, will get like a little bit less strong. So I need like a little bit less help. So I'm not totally there to do like unassisted pull-ups yet, but I'm like getting closer every week. And like, that is just such a cool, like progressive feeling that like you can like literally see that like, you know, I did like a big green band which is really thick and now i'm doing like two like purple bands which are like a little bit thinner and you know it's just you can like track your progress and seeing that like oh eventually i'm going to be able to do like unassisted pull-ups and that's going to be really cool you know right and and pull-ups are that's a uh, interesting you chose that i i would say pull-ups are one of my favorite exercises for other people i have a historical issue with pull-ups because i was a fat kid going to elementary school and you're like we're doing chin-ups on the bar. We're climbing the rope. And, right. and I could just never, ever do pull-ups. Like that's in my, in, in my, uh, CrossFit days, I got to be able to do some pull-ups. And, uh, a couple years ago I was in, I got a few chin-ups in a row. Now I'm on a path to get those back doing, uh, a lot of, uh, accessory work and, uh, the banded work. And I think funny you chose pull-ups because yes, that's a great fucking workout on your pull day because it's like your whole upper back, your yeah. your lats, your rhomboids, your traps, your biceps, your forearms, your grip, all that. And and it's a skill. And like we always talk I always talk about this shit with my dad growing up. He's like if you could bench being able to bench 500 pounds versus being able to do a bunch of pull-ups in like crazy emergencies or life-saving situations or life-threatening situations, 
pull-ups will be the thing you wish you had more than a 500-pound bench. You know what I mean? I think about that a lot when you watch, like, The Rock hanging from the side of a building. You're like, if this dude was 160, and he would be much better off. (laughs) Okay, but you're forgetting. What if you got trapped under a bar with weights on either side? Shit, yeah, that would be... Well, then hopefully you could pull yourself out of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. fair, fair, fair. (laughs) But, yeah, that's, like, that's... Not to always bring it back to, like, what could save your life in real life, but pull-ups feel like something that would be more helpful of a skill to have than a super high bench press, you know? Right, right. Uh, Did we just become a terrorist sect? Are we going to storm the Capitol now, talking about as much fitness as we're talking about? Uh, Look, I could. you need pull-ups to fucking climb that wall. (laughs) Oh, yeah, wait a second. Yeah, everybody everybody that stormed the Capitol, real good at (laughs) pull-ups. And you also think that, like, having a high bench would be good for shoving back, like, riot shields and stuff? But that's really a leg thing. You want squats and lunges and, and iso- isometrical, isolateral leg movements so that you are strong with one leg forward, one leg back with both legs pushing. You want you want to be able to get and you'll need your posterior chain work like your uh, deadlift work and shit for to help pre- prevent injury from getting pushed back. <laughs> and also, you probably want to loosen up your anus so you're able to shit immediately upon getting into Pelosi's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those guys. Uh, really got their shit reps in beforehand. All those guys were for sure on a refeed day, so they ate a lot of carbs beforehand. We're gonna need a long day of energy, boys. Today's a cheat day. We're push. God, <laughs> fucking that's banana. Like it's so funny how like fitness, like fitness is is like such a toxic community. Uh, so many communities and things that I love eventually have such a toxic streak in them. Like I grew up liking lifting weights, comic books, Star Wars, uh, <laughs> um, uh, comedy. Now all of those communities are like rife, and and I'm a man and a heterosexual white man, uh, uh, no less. And other heterosexual white men are like ruining a lot of these communities. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? It is. It is fun. I mean, I don't know. It's like the. Like the yoga community in LA got like real anti-vax real fast. Yeah, <laughs> it, do, it oh, does shit, feel like yeah. it does feel like you kind of you know, and ultimately like I've had a great experience with this, and everybody's super nice in my experiences. But it is funny where it's like if you get really into fitness, you start to like I don't want to say understand the appeal of Joe Rogan, but you start to get like oh I get why his why like I get why some of his listeners are maybe like how they are you know oh I was I was a long time listener of Rogan up until. Back when it was more like this guy is a, a bow hunter of elk, this guy is a, a martial artist, this guy's a crazy fitness freak, this guy's a professional arm wrestler. Those were the, and then in like the last, you know, ten years or eight years, it's been like this is Jordan Peterson. This guy measures, right. uh, uh, you know, minority skulls or whatever. I'm like, okay, all right, this is not my. Uh, I was here for the meathead stuff, and unfortunately, when meatheads get full of themselves. And think they when, once you think you know as much about life as you do about the gym, you're fucking toast. But yeah, yeah. you that, touched that, that, on something a little bit real. I'm sorry. I'll just jump on one more thing. You said you start to understand the appeal. 
there is an element of when you feel like you know what's best for your body, which you only learn from like, like, now I know what's best for everybody's body. Right. (laughs) But specifically you honed it by years of training and years of research and trying this and it didn't work for you, trying this and it did work for you. And so you've got it in your head where you're like, I've actually got things kind of figured out. Someone's like, should take this vaccine. And you're like, I'm more of like a branch chain amino acids guy. And you're like, well, it's just like, what's the macros on that vaccine? Like, yeah, you know, sorry, yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess throw it in the smoothie, but I'm not, I, I don't, do, <laughs> I don't do legumes. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Just drip some of that Moderna into my smoothie. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, 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 I I've heard that, someone refer to that world as conspirituality. Yeah. Uh, well, it is, it is weird. Cause like, I think that there's, like, like, I think that the, I really like the act of fitness, but it does feel like there's this, sometimes you'll watch like, you know, fitness motivational videos, like th- those often play on the, the, um, on the TVs in the gym that I work out at. And it's like, a lot of them are like a jack dude shirtless in the desert talking about how like, you don't know yourself till you know your weights. And it's like, <laughs> and it's the sort of thing where it's like, okay, like, I guess that like, I'm like, I'm on the level of the rabbit hole where I'm just like a really big fan of protein with protein shakes with high protein value or something right, like right. that. But it's like, Oh, is there a world where I'm just like flat earther has got it figured out, brother. <laughs> like, Well, there is something about, you know, setting goals and meeting them that makes you feel unstoppable. Yeah. Like once you're like, like once you're doing pull-ups with no bands and you do one, you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. Then two weeks yeah. later, you do two. Holy shit, JFK Jr. seems like a good presidential <laughs> I candidate. Know, I know. <laughs> well, it, I, that, I don't fully understand that turn, but I do fully understand the getting full of your own decisions. Like that kind of gets in your head because you're like, I, I'm unstoppable. I set my goal to do pull-ups and now I can do them. I'm literally indestructible or whatever. And then you're like, <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. Cause you, you get, th- I see that with a lot of people who become experts in something that th- like, they'll either try to tie it back to that. You're like, well, you know, in comedy, it's kind of like, and it's like, yeah, no, yeah. this isn't like comedy and, uh, you know, uh, vaccine science are not the same thing. <laughs> like, but there's something I can, it's like this, it's not undue confidence. You are deserving of that confidence, but it's an you don't fully understand your confidence in that you're like, well, yeah, well, let me. Well, I, well, I, I should get a room full of people and tell them how to live their lives because I've got pull ups now. It's like, yeah, whoa, whoa, well, yeah, whoa, whoa, well, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is this thing, and I think that you're right. And like, this isn't like a thing that's exclusively with you know weightlifting, but I think that if you get like really, 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 really good at something, or you perceive yourself to be like a master of something, there is kind of a natural jump to be like, maybe I'm the master of everything. You know, you get to the point of like, who's the the um, former New England Patriots quarterback, uh, Brett Favre? Tom like, Brady. Didn't he, yeah. yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, didn't Tom Brady like start a cult or something? Oh, uh, they all will eventually. Well, that that's the other thing too, is that you could you could be right. You could be like, wow, I really focused on fitness and I pulled it off. What if I focused on solving world hunger or whatever? Yeah, and then you're yeah, like, yeah. actually, and it's you need a little distance from yourself, a little self uh, analysis to go like, that's not my department. But a lot yeah, of people totally. still, a lot of people just ride in that direction of like, I've sorted it out. I look, I bench press yeah. 400 pounds, I squat 500, yeah. and uh, you see I, my I, abs now. See my theories about the election, <laughs> right? Exactly. You, you see my abs, great. Now you know why horse paste is the way to go. You're like, oh, fuck. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that like that that is the thing about fitness is I feel like so much of it is I don't want to say like homebrew, but there's like so many things where it's sort of like, oh, you're kind of figuring out what works for you and you're figuring out how like you're figuring out while you're doing it what what like is the thing that works for you. And there's for sure science behind a lot of this stuff. But I could see somebody who's like, you know, like, oh, I figured out like what my key macros are and what's my best like lift and pull split. Like, so of course now that means I can just figure out a COVID vaccine using horse paste or something. Right, right. Yeah. And you, you said, you said something there that, uh, that activated me of like, uh, you, you, you dedicate your time to it and then you're like, got it. Cool. I can do anything now. And you're like, yeah, not, not exact, not exactly, but I appreciate where you're coming from with that. (laughs) And it's like, yes. Yes, I, that's the that's a good energy to have, but you have to stop it at like I will actually start telling, and people will <laughs> like. I guess what we should say is you don't have to listen to someone about everything if they're only like I I say yes, listen to Joe Rogan uh, in reference to um, hallucinogens, fitness, jujitsu, martial arts in general, bow hunting. I think you can stop there. <laughs> Hosting Fear Factor podcast success are yeah. maybe the categories that you should listen to Joe Rogan on. And you don't you don't have to. But that would be if Joe's like, I'm going to start talking about my anabolic cocktail I'm on. I'd be like, I'm going to listen. But if Joe's <laughs> like, if he's like, I'm going to start talking about car design, I'm not gonna listen (laughs) so i think a lot of people need to understand that too like just because you're a hero or the person the podcast you're listening to is someone who knows a lot about this that doesn't mean they know a lot about it they they may believe that but you have to keep in your head call call them on that you don't have to say anything out loud but just remember that i would say that that doesn't count us though we're experts on everything Please, high and mighty is literally me pretending to be an expert every week on whatever the <laughs> subject is. It's like, okay, so you're you're here from Taiwan to talk about Taiwanese food. Now, here's what my favorite thing, you know, like I just talk over my guest like I'm more informed the whole time anyway. Well, yeah, I think that that's true of like, I feel like improv is like that a little bit too, where it's like there are people that get really, really, really good at improv and they're just like, I can just kind of improv through everything in life. Oh, I honestly am one of those people. I just re- like refuse to, I truly believe I can like, get through almost any i i happen to have like a polymathic level of knowledge and i'm a little bit of like uh what are those people who can like teach them uh, autodidact i can like teach myself yeah. i can learn pretty easily so i but i do think being so good and so and doing improv for so long has led me to believe like i can walk into any situation and figure my way in and out of it <laughs> it's like yes on stage you dummy <laughs> not yeah, in real but life not, but yeah. not like heart surgery no exactly and i'm sorry about like, this mr like, johnson yes, you but your like, father yes, is dead <laughs> yeah you can't like yes and which artery is the one you should yeah. cut vena cava my ass i got this Back <laughs> <off>. <laughs> he's going rogue uh t- tag the neuros- uh, yeah. neurologist yeah, you, you, you do a, yeah you do a tag out on the neurologist <laughs> start immediately like, drilling into and then the you're brain. like you're like <laughs> yeah, you're like swing door scene now do it like you're a dog anyway <laughs> <laughs> Um, Joey, I appreciate you coming on high and mighty and talking, and I, I wish you luck in your, oh, here, you know what, before we get out of here, uh, besides the pull-up, do you have any fitness goals or nutrition goals or appearance goals that you're 
uh, th- or that you're pushing towards so that I yeah. have something to root for for you? Oh, yeah. So this is all like, you know, this is all kind of a personal journey for me. So it's like what my goals are doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, your. Yes, you're exactly. Your goals. Everyone's goals should be um, whatever they need them to be. Yeah. So I think that for me, it's like uh, my goal is to get to like a 30 inch waist. Like I was a thir- I was like a 29 inch waist, 30 inch waist for a while. And that's kind of around like what all of my like shirts and stuff are tailored to. Right now, I'm like around a 33 inch waist. So it's to lose like 33 inches or so off my waist, which is like a really specific goal. But I think I can do it. I'm like, I'm kind of hitting that point where I'm like, I'm losing maybe a pound every week, which is like a very, very healthy amount of weight to lose. Yeah. And, you know, I I think I think I'll hit that goal by like January. Uh, And then after that, my goal is to uh, vote for JFK Jr. as much times as possible in the election (laughs) or RFK Jr. as many times as possible in the election. Uh, Yeah, once I get my bench press up to 185 uh, and then once I get RFK Jr. Yeah, then I'll I'll start doing brain (laughs) surgery. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, so it's just it's a really practical goal of just like losing a couple inches off my waist so I can, you know, fit back into my like button up. You don't have to buy all new shirts. Yeah, Uh, But who knows if the if the bulk keeps trending upwards and you get a 33 inch waist, but you get 40 something inch shoulders starts to fucking make make sense a little. You know, you can you can put two inches on your waist if you put five inches on your uh, shoulders. Yeah, but I think it's like, okay, I think that like if I were to like Incredible Hulk out of a shirt. Like I want to, I don't want it to an incredible Hulk from the gut. It's like if my shoulders <laughs> yeah, burst out of a shirt, that looks dope. If like yeah. my belly explodes out of a shirt, that's not a good look. Yeah, no, you're, that makes total sense. <laughs> um, all right. So now we know your fitness goals. Where can people find you? And I know you have uh, a new web series or a new series out that you wanted to talk about and some interesting uh, awards-based news. Why don't you throw some of this shit out for us? Here? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you can um, follow me on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok at Joey Tainment. Then you can follow me on Instagram at Threads at Joey Clift with five or six eyes. The reason for that's uh, a twelve-year-old took Joey Clift with one eye, and I wasn't muscular at the time, so I couldn't beat him up and take it. But now that twelve-year-old, I couldn't take watch Joe out. Clift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see that kid try to stop Joseph. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, you can check out my uh, my new Comedy Central digital series, Gone Native at GoneNative.tv. It's a series of animated comedy PSAs about weird microaggressions. A lot of Native American and indigenous folks experience on a regular basis. Um, one of my favorite Gone Native shorts is called um, Dear Legendary Horror Author Stephen King, instead of using Indian burial grounds in your books, have you thought about using European burial grounds? <laughs> um, a lot of people are buried, and it yeah, is yeah, fucked yeah. up to build anything on any burial ground. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, like, Paris is made out of a mountain of human bones. Like, Europe is terrifying. <laughs> like, right. um, <laughs> yeah, you can check those out at gonenative.tv. And then I was a writer, consulting producer on the Netflix kids and a kids fantasy adventure series, Spirit Rangers, which was just nominated for seven Emmy Awards. So uh, that's crazy. I'm a I'm an Emmy nominated producer now, which is dope. And that's um, hell yeah, dude. Congrats, man. That's yeah. awesome. And that's a show that's really cool. It's the first kids show in the history of U.S. animation, like created by a native person, the genius Shumash TV writer, Chris Valencia, with like an all native writers room and native characters played by native actors. And, you know, it's genuinely a show I'm like really proud of. And if you've got like if you've got kids, um, it's I think it's like a good show to show your kids. Normally saying something like this might be considered a dig, but I think for spirit Rangers, it's not every screen grab and clip I've seen from the show is so freaking cute. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I wrote an episode (laughs) called spirit kittens about the kids learning, uh, how cute kittens are. So it's like, yeah, the show's 
freaking adorable. <laughs> it's for kids, so you're allowed to say it's cute. It's not like, I love your cute little show on FX, little dicky. <laughs> That's condescending. But yeah, when it's a kid's show about cute show. show. <laughs> yeah, I love your adorable show, The Last of Us on HBO. It's so adorbs. <laughs> Precious little thing you got going yeah, on yeah. over there. <laughs> um. Uh, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. I yeah, appreciate thanks again for catching me. up, man. Good, good chatting with you about fucking weightlifting. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, at Gabrus everywhere. You can check out my other podcast, actionboys.biz. We just launched some new merch. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. <laughs> People are loving this movie. See, I see. It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now, somewhere... Somehow, body blow, body blow, body. someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.